1: This is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks if that's just me in the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. <laughs>
0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the OKS Hunter Podcast. Coming at you from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin in the OKS Hunter Podcast Studio. Brought to you by Half Rack. Check out half-rack.com. Use code OHP. That's, uh, what is the phonetic for that? Oscar, Hilo, Papa for uh, 15% off. I have, my forearm hurts from screwing in all of these uh, Hunter Hanger pegs. I got one up here for, My uh, grunt tube that I thought would be fun to put up. I got two here for the bear bow we're giving away. I got four on the podcast table for the uh, microphones and headphones. So I went a little ham with the hunter hangers because once you use one, you realize how effective they are and you're going to start putting them everywhere. So I'm sure those are – I don't know if they're going to sell out or what, but I think they've been selling a bunch of them. They're pretty cool, useful, practical uh, little tool, and they can hold up. I forget the weight rating on them, but – they can hold more than your average bear in terms of what you can hang on it. It's got these three little pegs, so if you need to kind of secure something prevent it from falling off, like I do with this bow over here, uh, it's pretty neat. So be sure to check those guys out. Head to the website. Use the code, all that jazz. Um, we're also in partnership with Latitude Outdoors, so excited to uh, get into their new platforms this season, their Speed Stick, carbon speed stick series, that one best product at ATA. Um I've been rocking their Method 2 saddle. Derek's got their classic saddle. Just, you know, uh, if you watch along on our new YouTube series, the, the we'll see how it goes season one of the OK's Hunter show. Uh, Greg's in the saddle. I'm in the saddle. Derek's in the saddle. But well, we're making good use of it. It's a good uh, additive to our arsenal. Uh, it's what I exclusively hunt out of now is that two-piece system, and I really, really enjoy it. Uh, beyond that, check out Spartanforge.ai, Uh SpartanForge.ai is their website, so it's not .com, it's .ai. The most recent episode just uh, dropped on the uh, YouTube channel for OKS Hunter. If you're not already subscribed, go check it out. Hit subscribe, search OKS Hunter on YouTube. It's episode seven, Hot as Balls, I think is the title. <laughs> uh, but we we have a pretty fun time in the beginning of that one chatting about Spartan Forge and how our wives all think we're like talking to some other girl or Jake from State Farm. But really, it's just Spartan Forge. We're on our phones that often talking about it. Again, HP, they'll save you some money over there as well. I think it's 20% off of uh, Spartan Forge annual subscription, so it's a good chunk of change you'll save on that one. You can also uh, check out Method Archery. We were going to do a content shoot with those guys, and uh, everyone got way too busy, unfortunately, so we had to kind of scale that back a little bit and reschedule, which is mainly unfortunate because I have a brand new bow that I need to get set up so I can start shooting and get new arrows for. So we're going to have to re-rain check that one or something, but those guys just rebranded from Vector Custom Shop. So if you heard us talking about Vector and now we're talking about Method, that's the reason. So now it's methodarchery.com. Be sure if you need custom arrows built to your bow specs, you can go in there. They got an algorithm calculator thing. It's really easy to use. You plunk in your information, spits out what you need, and it shows up at your doorstep. Pretty perfect. Um, Beyond that, we got Go Wild. We post there regularly. You can post uh, that you would listen to our podcast be sure to tag us there so we can jump into the comments with you and participate if you post to go wild and you frame something this little checkbox or a little like uh, button you can turn on to frame something as a question if you do that if you have questions about saddle gear you know public land hunting permission knocking on doors how to this how to you know do a year amount whatever it is you're trying how to you know do a turkey call or a die farm call without gagging like me uh If you turn that little thing on as a question, you're gonna get a lot more result and response from that community there because it just does something different with their algorithm. So just uh, food for thought. You can also turn on their nearby feature to see who's knocking down gobblers in your neck of the woods. So overall, great positive community. We can't say enough good things about those folks. So that's uh, getting run through all that here. A couple comments coming through today. Didn't do one yesterday. Yeah, so it's Wednesday, it's not Tuesday. I'm very confused about the days of the week this week. Uh, But to accommodate our guest schedule, we switched up to Wednesday, and uh, Greg, as a result, couldn't make it in tonight. He's got some other obligations, and Derek, he probably could have swung it in, but it would have done really, really hard, and I can't blame him. I wouldn't have done it if I were him, so he's going to join virtually. He had a dentist appointment because he has bad breath. I'm just kidding. I don't think he has bad breath. I don't actually know he's not here. But hey, guys, (laughs) thanks for for waiting there (laughs) while I kind of got everything all figured out. Welcome to the... the show what's up man just just uh i don't know like i said confused about the days but so welcome to the show (laughs) we got uh brian rogers with good sit hunting gear is i might be saying the name wrong brian correct me here if i'm off the reservation
1: yeah it's it's good sit mobile but it started as a good sit production so it's it's kind of a little bit confusing trying to uh rebrand for kind of the product side of things from the youtube side of things but Um Good Sit Mobile is like the uh the actual um you know website where you can go buy the products and Good Sit Productions is still the YouTube uh for the time being. So
0: Hey, I know all about rebranding, so I'm the king of confusion over here. We had an entirely (laughs) different name when we started out, so it's I totally get it. And Derek, can you hear us? Are you there just to check? Yeah,
2: yeah. Hey, can you hear
0: me? Yep, yep. All right, good. You're there. We're all logged on,
2: Brian. Great to see you and uh Folks, we'll go check him out at some point after this, during this. But your YouTube, man, I didn't realize how in-depth you were with your YouTube videos. But, man, I went back into your archives. you got a ton of great footage on there.
1: Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no, uh, I actually started the uh, the first video I posted was 2019. So um, it's weird saying that it's been, you know, four years now, but definitely uh, flew by. So, yeah. That's Nuts. awesome. Wow. An awesome
2: journey. I thought yeah, I remember
1: awesome. when I first post. I remember when I first posted it, thinking like, uh, you know, man, this is this is dumb. Like nobody's gonna watch it, you know. And that first one, and I still look back on the editing on it and think like, oh, I wish I would have turned the volume up here and slow mode here, and why was I, why didn't I stop the shaky footage and all that stuff? And that one's got the most views out of anything I've ever put out. No matter how much I put into everything else, that one has like somehow took off, and all the other ones are trying to catch up. So
0: as real that's as wild. it gets yeah youtube's got a long tail too they're, they're serving up content from like two years ago today and i'm like what the heck where's the relevant stuff like that i want to see right now you know but that's youtube's a great uh, a great place to grow a brand can you brian walk us through real quick what what is good sit mobile like what do you do uh what's it all about let's kind of uh, level set on on telling the audience who you are and all that jazz
1: so, Good Sit uh, Mobile is uh, a, a company that I started back in September that uh, is right now focusing on 3D printed uh, mobile hunting gear. Um, it kind of was born from the need for hanging elevated sits uh, or, ha- excuse me, hanging elevated cameras. And I have a very hectic uh, home life, a very hectic work life, and usually I don't get much time when it comes to um, the outdoors, especially for scouting. So generally I'm lucky to get about seven days a year um, out, out there to hang my cams and I hang 30 to 40 cameras a year. So I have to do a lot in a little bit of time. And I was spending 20, 30 minutes at a site to hang a trail camera, um, going up and down, checking it, coming down, it's crooked, finding a stick, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, one day I just got fed up, you know, I was covered in poison <laughs> ivy, like always mosquitoes, itchy weed, um, you know, and, and I only get to go out in the middle of the day because after I drop the kids off from school, it's usually around nine or nine or 10. And then by the time I get to, out to the site, it's 11 or 12. And usually it's only on the 95 degree days uh, when we get to go out there. Right. So those days. Yeah. And, and so um, it's it, usually you you set out to put up about six or seven cams and you get you're lucky to get three or some days I'm lucky to get two up. It's so hot. Um, but you know, if I get three or four up, you know, I consider it a win and, uh, you know, you always start off full of piss and vinegar and then before you know, it, um, you're, you're begging to get back to the car and every rub is starting to look the same. And, you know, uh, you're questioning whether or not you're going to die before you get back to the car. And you're like, (laughs) I'm the stupidest human being alive for even like putting myself through this, you know, for a deer. And that's every single time that I go out um, scouting, it seems like. So anyway, I get back to the house and I just start drawing. And uh, I, got on, I got on Facebook and uh, started looking for a 3D printer. Somebody that knew, knew what they were doing and found a guy. And we started prototyping different ideas. And before you knew it, the, uh, the one and done um, elevated trail cam system was born. And at the, at the base of it is this little guy right here. And at first glance, uh, you know, because it's so, so different from what you've seen as far as trail cam mounts, it doesn't look like much, but um, it's, it's pretty nifty. It's got uh, 15 ports in total for uh, zip ties and you can put it on pretty much any camera and uh, you can go either through the body of it or uh, all the way through um, like your corners for different cameras. So, uh, and then once on, you have a bubble level on top and uh, you can screw this little guy here up against the tree, totally public land legal. And then uh, once you actually have it on, the cool thing is, because I use paracord, but you can use it with a strap if you want, but uh, it creates three points of contact, which no other uh, trail cam mount does. All your other screw-in mounts are one, okay. pivot, are one pivot point, and this actually locks it in um, and makes it uh, one nice tight system so that uh, your critters aren't going to throw it off uh, you know, during the season. And then on top of that, uh, it tightens your paracord, too. So, like, I don't know if you've ever dealt with paracord, but it's stretchy. And so you think you got it, you know, pretty good. And then uh, uh, you're moving it around and, and it's falling down off the tree. So as you're tightening this against the tree, it's uh, it's actually, uh, like, as you're locking it in where you want it to go, it's actually tightening down, too. And uh, we designed this stuff. It's not just some cheap. 3d printed material this is uh this is specifically designed for heavy duty outdoor use and we even like i mean i i didn't just draw something up and print it up it was prototyped over and over and over until we got it right and made sure that it was going to last because i mean originally i was really just designing this stuff for me so once i finally got it to where i really liked it went out and used it i thought maybe maybe uh, other people are like me and might have a use for it but. Just to something as simple as it being flat on both sides, I, uh, I got it to where when I was screwing this thing in because we tried printing it originally standing up uh, because you could print the, print it like a normal screw, but then that, uh, that messed with the structural integrity because you know it lays layers as it goes up. So we laid it down flat and actually printed it up horizontally to give it that uh, integrity so it's not snapping. And I can actually take this thing all the way out Uh, on the on the camera and screw it all the way in without it snapping so I wanted something that was going to be plastic but durable you know what I mean I wanted it to be still lightweight um, but something that was going to last somebody you know um, at least the life of a trail cam I've only been doing this since since September I've had cams out for six or seven months with them and I don't really know the full lifespan of them but uh, I mean the ones that I went and got looked just as good as the day I put them out so I'm pretty confident in them and uh, so far so good people are loving them so
0: Wow, that's a great explanation. Can you hold up to the to the camera real close? There, the whole the whole unit, real quick.
1: Yeah, sorry, my my camera on my uh, computer is just a little bit blurry compared to my phone, but I can see you guys a little bit better. So, but uh, you see those oh, ports? You see you see those ports right there. So, yep. If you want to do like corners, you can. These go through to the outside ports, just like these guys here. So you can run that all the way through, or you can just run them on all your corners there. That way, it gives you a lot of options, um, and you're not just you know. Uh, stuck to one you know, type of camera and since I run all different types of cheap cameras on public like I'm running you know uh, anything from your 20 to $30 $35 stealth cams to your uh, you know I'll buy these on Walmart on sale for 20 bucks sometimes because all I really need is usually I'm blanketing you know bedding areas uh, you know different scrapes around bedding areas entrance routes uh for people and uh you know usually i'm putting more than one camera in an area and i'm planning even though usually even though i generally don't get too many stolen i'm planning on getting some some stolen every year and so i'm not dropping hundreds of dollars on cameras because you know if i showed up and a 200 hundred dollar or 100 dollar camera was gone i'd be pissed but when these things are gone i just mark it mark it off the list and move on so
2: and I think Brian hit it on the head when he said, you know, this looks a little bit different than most of the things you've seen on the market. Like I've done the DIY screw in ones, which aren't, you know, public land legal. Um, Greg's played around with a couple ideas on mounts. And when I first saw what Brian had there, because I, I was lucky enough to get, I think, one or two of them. Brian, you you gave me some the last time I saw you.
1: That was um, that was your deer dragging payment, remember?
2: Yeah, that was the deer dragging payment.
1: That was, that was <laughs> like a mafia payoff right there. So I didn't have to help you drag, see? (laughs) (laughs) You you made out good. You
2: made out good. Just kidding. No, but uh, it's it's interesting how it works because the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, what is the deal with this? Like, how does this even work? But as soon as you explained it to me, you showed me, I haven't been able to put one out yet. I just pulled all my cameras in for the year, but I'll be putting some out soon. And as far as getting a camera off the ground and having it be actually stable with your like three points, it seriously makes so much more sense than most of the other options out there. And then just the way that the profile is on the tree, and then you mentioned using paracord, which I think a lot of guys who are kind of into this stuff or listen to any of like the Exodus outdoor podcast, they've been saying for a while, paracord or fishing line, because it's less noticeable for public land guys who have sticky fingers. Um, But the paracord option, it just makes it so much easier um, for it to hide up in a tree and then hide from deer too. Because I mean, deer notice those cameras when they're sticking off the side of a tree at
1: eye level most people like uh like when you see any of the other options they're they're out from the tree you know that far and so the whole point is hiding it and if you have that profile out there of this camera you're not uh, you're not really hiding it and uh no. that was another thing that i just wanted to i wanted to keep it as close to the tree as i could which is why that was you know kind of um born and then you touched on the paracord i really you know i've messed with lots of different colors and kinds and i really i like part of the branding of good sit is kind of this olive drab, uh, paracord because, um, from like, I'm hiding it from deer. Yes. But about eight foot up, you know, uh, you're hiding it from deer, but mostly from people. And I find that this olive drab fits into most trees, um, better, even than like your paracord. I mean, your, uh, camo paracord, because a lot of times it seems like camo is still a pattern and it sticks out on, on, uh, you know, some solid bark. If you have like a solid gray, um, tree and you have some pattern going around it to me, I, it's more noticeable than if you're just throwing up something nice and solid that kind of blends in. Um, and then talking about the paracord, I, uh, I came out with this little guy here called the parabiner. Um, it's paracord carabiner, you know, real invent, you know, I, real, uh, you know, smart name, but uh, clever, actually. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the whole idea behind it is you just tie a slip knot uh, through your hole. And then you, and then I have a, uh, sliding, I sell these $5, um, paracord sets with the, uh, the Prusix on them. And, uh, I just make a continuous loop with a fisherman's knot on a, uh, uh, out of paracord out of slightly smaller paracord. And then, uh, it can fit in there and you just pull it tight. So it's a quick connect system for your paracord. And, uh, the cool thing is, is these things are small, but mighty, we put seventy-five pounds uh, on the axis, and it still never snapped. And at the show that I just did at the Classic, I and I have over there, I have a twenty-five pound plate that I was holding up all day long. I would pick it up to show people the the uh, the strength of this stuff. So pretty cool.
0: That is awesome. I wanted to just you know for the folks that are listening in podcast land when this ends up in podcast land officially, um, the 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 trail cam is being held on by zip ties. Is that is that how I'm Yep. understanding that to work and yeah and I'll explain it like cuz I got to see it on the screen here and if you're listening in you know how when you're like putting your belt through your belt loops on your pants and then on your Levi's you got that that Levi logo on the back mm-hmm. and sometimes you can put your belt under it or over it like you can either put your zip tie through this product or through like a belt loop it's kind of like how I'm you know trying to describe that audibly for people and mm-hmm. and so with that all of those different holes and slots where you can zip tie through you're saying that it really doesn't really matter what the trail cam brand is. This device will work.
1: Right. So if any
0: of those I got products, two, obviously not,
1: not to cut you off, but I got two. I just wanted to show you what you're talking about is I got two totally separate kind of cameras and I don't know if the lighting's good enough, but uh, like this wild game, you have to go on the corners, but then I can also run one at the bottom all the way through. And so just the corners at the top would be enough, but I, I like to put a little bit of overkill on there if you're going to hang it for, you know, six, seven months in the, in the, uh, extreme temps, you're going to want to, uh, you can throw a few extra on than what you need. And that's usually what I do. Cause you know, zip ties do malfunction. They're, they're very cheap, but there are, you know, the, if you put enough of them on there, they're going to, they're going to, I didn't, I should say, I didn't have a single one malfunction on. I only got to put them on half the cameras that I put out this year, but, uh, I didn't have a single zip tie malfunction. So um, that was, that was actually kind of a surprise for me. I thought I was going to show up and a squirrel was going to have eaten through one or something like that, but, um, it, di- it didn't not saying that it couldn't, but, um, for me, I got lucky and it didn't happen. So another cool part of it is it creates a place where you can actually, um, keep your, uh, rope. And then if you need to access your, um, compartment and stuff like that, you know, like your SD or something like that, you want to mess with it. A lot of the times you used to have to like wrap it around or, and kind of get in the way of that. And uh, not always, I mean, sometimes you could wrap it up here, but then you're kind of running by your uh, lens and your sensor and stuff like that. So what I, uh, what I kind of like about it is it keeps everything nice and neat in the pack um, too, because you don't, if you have like screw in mounts and you were trying to put them in and have them ready to go, uh, there's no way to cleanly pack those either. So
2: yeah, man, it's a slick setup. And all the public land guys who don't want to lose cameras—that's the best way to, to keep them, get them up high.
1: And and uh, a lot of guys laugh at this little thing here, but uh, uh, like my buddies call it like the uh, trail cam boner. But uh, this is the uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, I call it the spot on laser leveling system, and basically it is a uh, like a apparatus that you can put on your trail cam with a sliding Prusik as well. And so you just put these hooks either onto your paracord or onto your strap. And you actually don't even have to have the strap on there. You can just literally take your, uh, uh, what do you call it? Your castration band, turn it on. It stays on, hold it up. I, what I do during season is I just keep it like this in my dump pouch. And then, uh, when I'm checking a camera after I'm done hunting, usually at night, uh, I will, uh, climb up, check it. And, you know, when you have to get into a compartment that's pushed up against the tree, you're going to have to move it a little bit. And, uh, when you're tired as hell and cold and just want to get out of there and the coyotes are howling and, uh, you know, you're trying to get the heck back to the truck. It's really nice to just take that and, uh, make sure that you're still pointed right where you need to be. So, uh, it's, uh, this was one of those things though, that people see and they, it kind of feels gimmicky to them, but, uh, I just made it because, like I said, I wanted to go up one time, so I get my camera kind of set the way that I want with that guy, um, and then I have this attached when I'm setting them in the summer. And then all I got to do is sit there and micro adjust and watch that uh, watch that laser go up and down into the spot that I want. And then I check my bubble level to make sure it's either uh, front of center or back of center, whichever way that it's tilted. And uh, then I know on those weird leaning trees because sometimes you think. You're looking at that and you you get down and it's like that. And that's no that's no good for your sensors, because if your sensors are like this, you're going to get late triggers when they walk by. You're just going to get um, high quarters of deer a lot of the time or, you know, either way. Or you might not even get one at all if it's uh, if it walks underneath it or something like that. So when you're elevating, that becomes even more if you watch, like you said, the Exodus podcast, you know, where they talked about that that becomes even more important um, as being exactly right where you're at. That's why I called it the spot on laser uh, leveling system. And another kind of key component to it is how easy it is. It's a cheap pet laser pointer. You can go buy two of those for three bucks at Walmart. And the idea is you can go buy spend three bucks, have a couple extras in there. And if you ever had an issue while you're out there, you can just slide it back in um, and no, no real problem. And you just throw it in there. It doesn't weigh much. um, And uh, it's, it's been real handy for me. So
0: that's a really great product. So again, those that are listening and not seeing the screen here, what, what you're just showing us is basically like a laser pointer in a really cool compartment, uh, that you just toss onto your, your trail cam once you got it mounted and it'll aim exactly where you want to aim. And you have that bubble level Mm -hmm. that you talked about to make sure that the whole thing is not kitty wampus. And honestly, it seems like, like these are some really great ideas. You, (laughs) From an innovation standpoint, we just talked about this with someone else a couple of weeks ago on the show. Like it's really hard to innovate in the hunting category because everyone's innovating. So it's just really hard to find these micro adjustments and you're, you're doing that. And it's really cool to see that just you're, I mean, you don't have a team of people. You got another guy, you said that started getting into 3d printing, like the barrier of entry is a good idea and the ability to go execute against that. And your trade show, was that the first one you did the Illinois deer classic?
1: Yeah, that, that was the very first time that I, so I've had hello. the website up and running since
0: Could you hear me? Uh, hello. Can you hear me? I can hear I can all of you. Guys. Why are you guys all muted? What did I do? I'm assuming I did something here. Hold on, guys. Test, test. Everything looks good. What's the problem? Uh, well, that's new. Hang on here. Let me see if I can figure it out.
2: How's your dad,
1: okay, man, Derek? What's that?
2: How's what your dad? Oh, he's doing. Uh, he's been better. He yeah. had that. Uh, he had a back problem that's been bugging him, and he actually just went in today to get a shot. One of his discs at the bottom of his Everybody spine. I is-
0: can hear you guys, but I can't. That's which is hey. the problem.
2: Awesome. Now you guys can hear about my dad's back. Yeah, dad's back's <laughs> not doing great. We'll blame it on your buck. We'll blame it on your buck. No,
1: I was actually going to say that, but I didn't want to keep bringing that buck up because I always feel like I'm uh, constantly figuring out a way to like weave it into a conversation ever since I killed it. So
2: that's what happens when you shoot.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, I remember that from you know like near the time when I shot my buck. You know what I mean? So yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) No, so he's uh he's he just got a shot today actually to try to alleviate some pain, and then uh, we're hoping. I don't know if he's going to have to have surgery, but we're hoping that he can be uh, up and running a little bit better yeah. for hunting season this year. Cause not getting around too good. So we're hoping uh, he can, he can recover.
1: Yeah. I know so you said he up. might, he was going to possibly call in or whatever, but uh, I don't know if he was still doing that or not.
2: Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if we can get some audio back here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you had one job, Eric.
2: <laughs> yeah. Eric uh, Eric put some some money and some time into his new system here, and one of the pieces I don't even know what they're called, but one of the pieces that connects all of his audio thing, it just seems to kick out once in a while. Not supposed to do that, so I I'm assuming that's what happened. Otherwise, Eric accidentally hit backspace, left t plus plus plus, and messed it all up. Well,
1: this is a this is a thirty dollar mic from Walmart, so it's working yeah. good. I don't want to I don't want to brag too much, but. <laughs>
2: is that of your design
1: no (laughs) but i could make it better
2: did you uh did you sell any i saw you're making doing some like gopro mounts for like in the tree did you have those at the show
1: yeah so um i sold the crap out of these and the new and the new bow hangers were the biggest sale so um i i had a bunch of these made because you know they they were the the og the original product but uh guys are loving these things, man. Um, these and the, uh, the new, uh, uh, there's a main beam and then this is the Booner, uh, bow, bow hang. hanger. Yep. And, uh, most guys have wider limbs now, but I, I still rock the old slim limb. So I, I rock the little guy. So I'm, cool. I'm still a little stubby here and, uh, you know, hoping to move up to this guy someday. Right. <laughs>
2: aren't we all aren't we all
1: <laughs> the joke is that everybody could use a few extra inches apparently so
2: i love how every i love how every name's got a clever little cliche behind it that's good right
1: <laughs> well mm-hmm. i don't are we still live
2: yeah i think everybody can hear us except for oh, shit. <laughs> eric's the only one who's missing out
1: well the the good sit name until we get him back um is actually because all of you know like brian uh yep. the guy
0: that and you guys can hear me
1: yeah i can't I hear, hear you, you
0: still i still can't hear anything
2: <laughs> yeah greg you know it eric broke it <laughs> what the heck? yeah and...
1: we were not sorry, sitting were talking you... about you, you guys, guys but, but... i don't
2: understand i don't know how
0: this is even possible
2: <laughs> you kicked yourself out eric of your own podcast
0: <laughs> what the heck literally can't hear this anything you
2: <laughs> sorry what were you saying brian about uh, the good sit well... name?
1: Well, so it was from because, you know, Brian, uh, my cousin that helped us yep. drag uh, big, big Brian, he uh, uh, he has a bunch of buddies and we're all kind of in a Snapchat group. And back before I'd started Good Sit, I was just like taking my phone and filming myself out in the tree. And it was horrible. Like I was like barely talking, you know, I'd be like, uh, well, guys. I was like, well, well, guys, uh, it's going to be a good sit. And then I would just keep saying that, like I would say stuff over and over, but it was like the same shit. So they kept being like, well, we all know that if Brian's going to be out there, it's going to be a good set. Great set. So, yeah. <laughs> that's all he does is good sits. You know what I mean? And so, uh, from talking shit about me, eventually, um, the name was born and then it kind of became an acronym for like good shit. So, <laughs> because there's a story behind that too. So that video that you watched on the public land, this is, this is a little bit, uh, probably TMI, uh, but oh yeah, anyway, uh, it, it came from like sky dumping off the tree and stuff like that. We were always joking about that from the saddle and stuff. And uh, so then it was always like, Brian's going to take a good shit, uh, you know, good sit and a good shit. So,
2: well, there, yeah, I mean, I get where that comes from, but I think you're, yeah, you got the slogan, good sit makes all the good shit, right?
1: Like that's you nice. Know? That's a, yeah. That was my post the other day. It was, uh, that's what, kind of what I was thinking is going to be like, the like the slogan across the top
2: heck yeah i think that works you gotta get that big banner that says that for your next trade show huge <laughs> well, banner
1: when i also always thought about putting like an h up here and like pointing down in between um the t and the i you know what i mean like uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> this superimpose a little h in there Yeah, like a little bit like
1: a little bitty h right <laughs>
2: Hey, so question for you. Eric was asking, I called him to figure out how I could get logged on so I could be the new host of the show since he's gone. Um, Yeah, that's nice. I like it. He he was asking me, he's like, so you know, Brian, and I was like, trying to explain to him how I actually knew you and how we actually got started talking, but I couldn't remember. Was it something to do with like Wisconsin Whitetail Trail Cam and like you started the Central Illinois one or was it, I have no idea.
1: I started the Central Illinois Public Land Hunters. So if you're in that group I'm the admin of that and uh, so that may have been it but uh, uh, it also could have just been off of like all of the other mobile hunting sites too and maybe we were just you know on multiple ones and had seen I, I, I honestly don't remember either so.
2: Yeah just one of those situations and like we talk about it all the time because Eric and Greg I mean we've met you get to meet so many people doing the podcast and it's so much fun to just to you know rack brains with people who are on the other side of the country but like you make a lot of relationships off of like social media which sounds so corny but like you and i were one of those where we talked a couple times and then all of a sudden next thing you know
1: dude i like here's the thing i don't know <laughs> what what uh, is out there in the universe or what but every time i kill a deer or a big deer there's always like this weird crazy chain of events that come together it's like the cosmos are just like lining up with like everything to be perfect. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Like when I killed that deer and I had met the landowner that it ran onto three months before in Walmart and exchanged information. And then you happened to be coming down and I couldn't find anybody else. And you and your dad were there just ready to roll. Like just a million things like that happen every time that, uh, that I kill. And it's like, it's almost eerie because it's like it's it's almost like some force is driving um that to happen so i know that that might sound even really corny but like i could sit and go into way more depth and detail of all types of crazy shit that happens so
2: well no i don't think it's corny at all and like there's you know a whole bunch of different things about that not to like derail it too much but like it's that whole good putting out like put good out there and you get good back and like i'm a big believer in that so like I think that's what you see is like you put positivity out there, you do the right things, and then the right things tend to come back to you.
1: I, I, yeah, I I would fully agree with that uh, because if you, if you look at everything with like, it's like you can, you can, like I can choose to see those things that were positives or I could, I could flip them all and be negatives too. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, it sucked because he ran over on the neighbors and I had to call him. You know what I mean? And like, I was raining. Right, like, I didn't have nobody else fucking available, and so I had to call Derek and his dad, you know what I mean? And, like, so, yeah, you, you could put a negative connotation on anything that you choose, but uh, you can also spin it positive. So and, and if you really, really, really look, there's always these crazy things that happen um, if you're looking for them. Like, you know, just like whenever you left, you'd put in your good juju, and all of a sudden you're shooting a giant a week later. Brian's shooting his biggest buckle, you know, a couple of days after that, like, things, things just, just happen like that, man. And it's kind of crazy. So
2: absolutely. And that's what, uh, my wife, you know, we, I have a tendency that like up at the cabin up in Northern Wisconsin, we always, we always just used to name deer, not like sparky or, you know what I mean? But like, we we're able to follow deer for multiple years. So it just made sense to like give them a nickname. So we always kind of name deer. So my wife has always heard me talk about these specific deers. So I shot my buck after you shot yours. And she's like, well, what, would you name him?" I'm like, well, I never knew that deer. Like he was a total stranger to me. So I don't have a name. She's like, but what if you had to name him?" And I was like, well, I guess I'd call him karma. Cause <laughs> I helped Brian drag out a big one last week. Now that's karma, the, I got mine.
1: That's the karma buck.
2: That's the karma buck.
1: Yeah, I know. Whenever you shot that, I was like, uh, you know, I was like, man, after what we went through, that dude, he needed a he needed a 190 like he <laughs> that was that was you. So I, there's always this running joke where it's like uh um about, you know, calling people to come and help me drag out. And they're like, well, aren't you worried about them still in your spots? I'm like, 99 percent of them never want to come back there again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, how you know I,
2: you're in the good spots
1: like Brian almost hates being my cousin. Cause he's like, where, where the fuck is it now, bro? Like, where are we going now? You know what I mean? And uh, he's like, are you serious? You know, like, uh, uh, but usually you know how it is either you're right by the road or you're so far back that you're questioning what, like how the hell you're ever going to get it out of there. And that's, yeah. you know, and there's no in between.
2: And I got to throw, oh, I'm going to throw your I'm cousin back. Brian under the bus. Yeah. If Brian, le- hi Eric.
0: I don't, dude, that was, that's never happened that instance of whatever that was is brand new
2: we're glad you're uh, back
0: (laughs) no you're not no you're not kidding
2: no but i am going to throw your cousin brian under the bus so people listening don't know but here i show up brian's got this buck down he knows where it is we're just going to go help him drag and he's like yeah my cousin's here you know he's a big dude so i walk out and your cousin brian is a he's a big guy he's a
1: beast yeah,
2: he's he's a monster guy. Like he looks like a giant football player. I'm like, oh my god! Like I'll hold the flashlight. This would be beautiful. <laughs> I'm expecting Brian to throw that deer over his shoulders and just walk out of the woods. I didn't see that, Brian. Where was that, Brian?
1: He he let you do all the work, and uh, he just sat there and held the flashlight. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, he held the antlers, make sure they didn't hit any sticks. <laughs> I I hope he listens. I hope he heard me call him out. Oh,
1: I I do got to say this while we're talking about it, though. Every time we watch the video uh, on the recovery part of it, my daughter, like uh, we always sit there and we enjoy the way you're like, wow. Like your uh, your inflection in your voice, me and my daughter and stuff. We're always we're always like, that's the best part, man, is like how excited you were about um, when we walked up to you. You're like, wow, look at it. You know what I mean? And uh, you got kind of that what Wisconsin or minnesota twang you know what i mean so i don't i have
2: no idea what you're talking about eh <laughs> <See>? <laughs>
0: yeah
1: funny. so brian yeah. what what
0: other products what other products do you have
1: yeah Um uh, I, I didn't know if you guys wanted to make this all a uh, infomercial or if you guys what you guys wanted, <laughs> wanted to do so, so i didn't
0: wanna... i just want to get a good idea of what you have in your arsenal and like we can we can kind of drill back in from there because i put the topic is like hunting gear and it just, it seems like it's all really practical. Like I, you don't feel like <laughs> that you, if you want to like pump the brakes on me as far as being No, no, my- no.
1: I'm just saying I love, so cool. I love these products. I eat, sleep and breathe, like sitting here in my basement, messing with this stuff all I'm day, like, but real uh, real I, just quick, wanna, much- I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to make it all about it. So, uh, but are you but an engineer?
0: Like, how are you, how do you think this way? Like, what's your profession that like led you down this path? Of, Cause not everyone <laughs> has the ability to just do that. You make it sound so, uh, so easy.
1: Well, so um, I guess I better give some background for any of li- I mean, I, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who have no no idea who the hell um, Brian Rogers is. So uh, I and I don't talk about myself in the third person. I was just making a joke there. But uh, <laughs> <Good one. laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, so I've been hunting since I was a really, really little kid. Really hardcore. Been into it like I, I started off as like the rabbit dog for my uncle. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, started hunting very young, started public land hunting very young, mobile hunting very young. I've got over 20 years of mobile hunting experience. Um, I can still remember being in those steel death trap climbers going up icy trees when I was like 14, uh, for no good reason at all. And uh, it's uh, so so basically it's always been an obsession of mine. And even back when I was a little kid, I can remember sitting there and like camo tape and stuff and drawing uh, like tree stand ideas like I remember drawing mobile tree stands making them out of wood and trying to figure out how I was going to go buy a bunch of wood and make all these tree stands and set them up so like uh, constantly tinkering with my gear from a young age has kind of always been uh, like just my thing so no engineer background. I do finance at a car lot. I have, uh, I, I farmed for a long time, uh, when I was younger and then I sold cars for a long time. And now I'm in finance for the past couple years. And, uh, the one thing that it does though, is as opposed to like the manual labor I used to do is I'm not so exhausted that I can't, uh, that I can't focus on stuff when I'm home. Like at night after the kids go to bed, um, I'm sitting up and like, if, it's, it's almost, to a, uh, a weird level of how much I pull out my saddle, pull out my gear, throw it all on, walk around in it, figure out, like, just walk through the motions all the time of how can I make this better. Um, I got a lot of other things turning right now too, for not just 3d printed stuff. I've got a possible hybrid, uh, um, like saddle setup, like, uh, kind of like the renegade in my mind, but with a lot more um, thought towards us hybrid guys that like to use a, a small hang on and uh, a saddle. But anyway, um, I guess in a nutshell, I've just always been ate up with deer hunting and, and tinkering with my gear and prep. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just always kind of been my thing. So no engineering background, but uh, I just sit and I think one of one of my strong suits, and this is, it's always weird talking about yourself and feeling like you're bragging, but if I had to like say why I can come up with this stuff, uh, it's just because I simplify everything in my mind. And even when I'm hunting, uh, like a lot of guys want it, they want You're like open. the
0: opposite of me. I, I, I complicate everything in my mind.
1: <laughs> right. And, and, and I I can't see you guys, so I don't know if you can bring it back, but uh, I- yeah, yeah. Uh, it's easier to talk to you when I can see you, but uh, I feel like I'm talking to myself. It'll look better on
0: YouTube later, that's why. No, it's all good. It's just it's a better presentation. The audience appreciates seeing you when you're talking, I promise.
1: All right. Well, I, I don't want to tell you. I'm not trying to run the show. I'm just saying it's, uh, it's harder for me because I feel like I'm talking to myself. But uh, anyway, si- being able to simplify stuff is uh, kind of what I try and do. So uh, I've got some other products, too, if you guys want to go over them, but...
0: Sorry, that was my phone. I don't know how that happened. Another new problem. If you guys heard that, I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, a little jazz outbreak. Right. That was nice. A little piano.
0: Holy cow. Holy cow. Um,
2: uh, Brian, one no, thing you I mentioned that... that I thought was interesting is like, I've heard of it before because I play around on all the mobile hunting sites and I'm interested in learning and like, I like refining my gear a little bit like you do, not to your level, but you hunt out of a normal tree stand. A small one but you use your saddle and kind of use it to the best of both worlds like right. you want to just talk about that for a minute and like how you do that what like what do you do to make yeah. that work and make that comfortable
1: yeah we can come back to this other stuff uh so basically i heard eric talking about he runs the method two and um uh, that's what i that's what i run now um i like the you know the magnetic uh um uh, double panel uh yeah. saddle two panel saddle and uh but So when I first started saddle hunting, which was actually back in like 2019-ish, 2020, actually it was was somewhere, it was 2019, uh, I, just like everybody else, I was watching, you know, because like the craze was starting to happen and everybody was getting into it. And even though I had been mobile hunting for a long time out of like my climber and my, uh, like my lone wolf, my my OG lone wolf hang on with sticks, uh, I started getting into the saddle craze just like everybody else around the same time. And, uh, I thought that you had, that the whole idea was like, you had to get this small, uh, platform and the whole idea was like, hang off and be part of the tree and yada, yada. And, uh, you know, for, for the guys that that works for, that's awesome. Cause you can carry less weight and, uh, you know, it definitely works. There's a lot of guys that do, I, I you know, I'm a big believer in do what works for you. Uh, you know, hunt your hunt, not, you know, not somebody else's, but, uh, for me, it was I, I had hunted out of stands for so long that for me it just wasn't it, the learning. I had shot at two turkeys and missed them both just to the left, and the learning curve of shooting out of a saddle um, and being at that angle was what kind of uh, I was like, man, I just I'm not gonna I don't have the time um, to put into constantly practicing out of the saddle, and I really didn't have the space for it at the house I was at at the time either, so i bought the 1.0 and uh or excuse me i had the the 1.0 that i was just hunting out of and then when i moved to the saddle uh i started using the 0.5 and i've never really looked back man that uh that 0.5 was just uh, like for me it gives you just enough space out from the tree you can flip your stand your seat up and uh I'm going to, I'm going to grab my stand right behind me here just real quick.
0: Oh yeah. This is a great, I like this setup a lot. It's like the, it's like the hybrid.
1: Yeah. So one of the biggest things I did and uh, it's a little costly, but uh, I went and bought um, like uh, the thermo seats, you know, it's just like the regular lone wolf seats, but it's the, uh, the ones you can get at the farm store and I cut it out. um, And I, to the I use the 1.0 seat that they give you now with the uh, 0.5s if you want it like the the uh, cushion that is not the not the seat and so I cut one out on both sides and then I bought a large roll of stealth tape or stealth strip and I stealth stripped it so that when I one the sound dampening whenever I'm up there I mean is I mean there's there's no metal on metal contact and guys like to do that with paracord, but uh, paracord can move around and stuff. But anytime that uh, you can eliminate metal on metal, that's good. But one of the other key things is when I'm up there, I used to have like on my OG Lone Wolf. Um, and even for a little while, while I was running the 1.0 right there behind me, I would have my seat and I would have these uh, like silicone zip ties or whatever that would go in. And then I would just take those out and flip it over. And that works well enough. Um one of the thing though, is, uh, a lot of the times I'm flipping it up, I'm flipping it down. I don't want to be sitting there messing with it. And then your attachment methods usually wear out when you're constantly pulling them on and off. And, uh, you're not really wanting to use Velcro all the time that they give you with it. So I just made modified my own seat here. And, uh, that way I can use it as a knee pad and then I can also sit on it and it's cushy either way. Um, and then another, another big thing that I like to do is, uh, you know, put a gear tie here to hang it. Um, that way, you can hang it. Uh, like, put your strap around, hands free. Um, and then there's a lot of other little things too um, that I do. Like, I'll girth hitch a uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a shot cord here with a little thing here, and then I'll just put my clothes over it. Put this on one of the the tabs and pull it tight. And then this just hangs whenever I'm hunting. And then that way, it's real quick and easy. I don't have to get anything out, um, and it's ready to go. But I could go into. I need treatment.
0: to invite you. What's I need that? to invite you over. I need to invite you over someday to just go ham on my shit show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> streamline your don't a little watch
0: it. it's under show. Just don't watch it. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> like, are you? Do you know? Who, do you know? Who, um, I feel like do you, do you know who Byron Horton is?
1: I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watch a lot of his stuff. Whitetail Bart- Experience. Yeah, he's a
0: finance guy, so he takes this approach of like really trying to like you know, uh, do things that are affordable, economical. He's got a lot, a lot of great tips. I feel like you, if you guys, if you didn't know him, you guys would probably be great, great friends.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like uh, I like his stuff. He's into the Big Woods stuff too out in Ohio, uh, excuse me, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that's always been really cool to me, the guys that, because like, not, it's not easy anywhere. And especially if you don't have um, like, easily identifiable uh, destination food sources and, uh, you know, hub scrapes that are easy, you know, like just going in the big woods is something that is uh, very intriguing to me. And uh, he does it with pretty good consistency, it would seem. So I, uh, yeah, I definitely watch a lot of Byron stuff.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I feel like you guys would get along. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, Gosh, I don't know. (laughs) Like, there's so much gear stuff here and i'm you know i'm greg is in the comments a little bit and normally he's here we're doing this on a wednesday but i feel like he he's another guy he's always tinkering with something he's always trying to modify something he's always trying to make things easier i'm like subconsciously making things harder constantly it's a real problem (laughs) but there have been efficiencies and and i think i like this idea of efficiencies where you're you're learning something the hard way, and then you're thinking to yourself, gosh, there's probably a better way, and you optimize your hunting. And, and those micro-optimizations, that stuff adds up. I don't know if you ever read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, but he talks about something called habit stacking, where he's taking things that he's already doing and stacking something on top of it. And then one of the weirder examples he used in his book was like, well, if I'm in the bathroom waiting for the hot water to heat up and brushing my teeth, I'll just clean the toilet. Because yep. I'm standing there killing time and there's nothing else to do. I might as well just clean this effing toilet, wipe the mirror down with some Windex. I've just maximized and optimized my time and I stacked a new habit on something. So now every time I take a shower, I'm cleaning piss off the toilet. That, like That every guy, time has, that, I that, do, that guy definitely
1: has kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> You're right. I'm potty training uh, my, my second, my middle child. And he's, you know, I, we had, my daughter's my firstborn. So potty training a girl is really easy. Potty training a boy, it's a mess in the bathroom. It's really embarrassing when the guys come over for podcasts, I just piss everywhere. Wait, but, you wait, know, today- yeah, wait.
2: <laughs> I thought I was maximizing my time by just peeing in the shower.
1: Am i not <laughs> supposed to do that.
0: <laughs> well, I got in trouble for that because it made the shower stinky.
1: <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. What, I don't remember what comedian he said, but he said, uh, you know, there's people that go to the bathroom in the shower and then there's dirty, dirty liars. And then he said, the hardest part is pushing it down the drain though, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh (laughs) That's disgusting. (laughs) Oh
1: man. But this whole
0: concept of like, you know, while you're doing this, you're doing that. And you talked about when you're going on a public land and you're all all jacked and you're ready to go. And by the time you're done, you're like, get me back into my AC where I'm comfortable because I'm dying out here. Like you've clearly optimize and maximize your time i'm using optimize and maximize like i, I don't I, think they're interchangeable can i, think can, different can, I terms, uh,
1: can i interject here so yeah 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 like um there's there's different forms of nerds in this world right and uh, yes like uh your your thing that you love more than anything else is what you oh. nerd out about right and uh yep. like uh, the other day i was at work and i'm sitting here because my old bow hanger that I used before I designed this was a modified hawk uh, gear hanger that I made a video about on my, my channel. And the one thing that it had up on this was that I, if I ran into a situation where I had limbs coming out and I couldn't hang my bow like normal, I could hang it out on a limb. I could just wrap it around and it would hang and I could just hang my bow on it. And I was like, man, I don't really want to give that feature up, but if I can't make this curl because then it just takes up too much space in my pack and it just becomes awkward. And uh, so I really, really got to thinking, and finally I went out there, and uh, I'm messing with it, and I'm just staring at it, you know, and I'm just constantly trying to figure out, like, and rather than adding more, I'm trying to figure out how can I take away and still get what I, you know, take away or leave the same and still get what I need. Um, and you know, like I'm a big believer in like uh, synergy and flow, and like one thing being able to do three things and and uh, working with the other things, you know what I mean? And uh, when when I finally figured it out, like wrapping it over and bringing this uh, Prusik underneath and wrapping it on this tab and pulling it tight. Like I was happier than if you told me I won a million bucks. (laughs) And so like my brain was exploding with endorphins and dopamine, like beyond uh, probably killing that big buck. I was just so happy that my brain had worked through the problem and figured it out. So I think at the root of all this stuff is that is just like, that was always my happy place to go to was sitting there and working through problems. And like, it might take me days or weeks. And then one day it just clicks. And then I'm just like, I'm happy for that whole day. So.
0: Well, then you got it. Then, then you got to like, if you're anything like me in that sense, when I have an idea or, or something like that, then it's like, Oh my God, I I'm like a pit bull. I cannot let it go until I'm done. Yes. It drives my wife crazy because she's like where'd you go like why you said you're gonna do something for two minutes and next thing you know it's been four hours and i didn't really give her the expectation that i'd be doing something for four hours because i was like no no no, i have to figure this out right now because it hit me and and that that yeah and now we lost Derek, so i'm gonna put him to the background until he figures out how to come back maybe his phone died or something there he is um so (laughs) that's something i think like whitetail guys when we get into something like we get into it Yep. you know a lot of guys are like man hunting season over now it's ice fishing ice fishing's over now it's turkey turkey's over now it's open water like there's always a thing to latch onto and then when you have a thing on top of that that's like tied to it like you're talking about like this a bit of engineering and product development and problem solving that's why it's, we can't listen to our wives just talk about a problem we gotta like Solve. Well, let's solve it, and they're like, "No, I don't want you to solve it. I want to talk about." it. I'm like, "Well, what?" This it's like, "Well, really tell, tell Debbie
1: to go over there and tell Kim to shut the <laughs> hell up." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "No, no, no, you're anymore. not." They're like, "You're not understanding." Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, we, we we just want to talk about the problem. We don't want to fix it, right? So,
0: yeah, it's super confusing, dude. When I worked at a call center, I've talked about this on the podcast a handful of times, ah! but people would call in, and I would, I would fix. The problem, oh, great, my wife's tuning in. <laughs> do get them, Holly.
2: Go get them. them.
0: I tell you what, people, people would call in and be like, you know, my ABCXYZ isn't working, and I was already able to assess the situation by using all these tools or whatever, and i fix a problem. And, like, by the time they're done explaining it, I'm like, that's yeah, already fixed. And then they wanted to talk for 10 minutes and tell me about the problem. I'm like, but I fixed it 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. It's not always about fixing. Sometimes people do want to get that shit off their chest.
1: I saw I saw a thing that said uh, a guy a guy said that you need to ask your significant other when they come to you, do you want comfort or do you want a solution, and uh, then they can tell you and then you can go okay I'm just going to sit here and listen to you you know vent and then once it's over we'll hug and go on about our day I guess so.
0: I was so awkward about I'm like "So, so I did that I listened. So then we're, like, we're done now? Like, it's good? That's what you needed? <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I should have solved the problem here. Now I feel a void. So I need to go find something to solve
1: now.
2: Well, I'm going to call Debbie, and we're going to sort this shit out. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. My wife's upstairs, so if she's listening, I love her, and uh, she's amazing.
2: <laughs> well done, sir. And
0: two more episodes, guys, on, on our show. So we have we have an episode just launched or dropped tonight with Greg. I have uh, one one more episode of like you know the Eric injury the 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 urgent care buck Ooh. and then the last episode is the wives tell all. Mm. So uh, at this point in in history, we still have no idea what the wives actually said. So <laughs> stay stay tuned for that one in a couple
1: of weeks. It's only a kick, <laughs> a jump, <laughs> a block. It's only a serve. <laughs> it's only a tackle. A run, it's only for the
0: fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas. Yeah, no, this is this is a great conversation. I think there's a lot of practicality. Like, um, I'm I'm not ending the show yet. But where do people find good sit? Like, how do we find you on YouTube? Like, where where's the best place to engage with you? What does your trade show schedule look like? You know, where can people get to your website to buy this stuff?
1: I just signed up for um, the Mobile uh, Hunters Expo up north at uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan at the end of July. So that was uh, something else that I was going to kind of just announce if anybody's, you know, listening and wants to come check me out. I'm going to have all this stuff. I'm working on a couple of new products that I'll release either closer to there or at that show. And, uh, I'm really, really excited cause they've got some amazing speakers, some guys that I watch, you know, every night, like I'm sure you guys do. And, uh, I'm super stoked about that. Uh, plus, uh, I'm doing, uh, prize giveaways with, uh, uh, bow hunting league. Um, so I just started, started that too, um, within a couple They're weeks good ago. Dudes. Yeah. Uh, ben, ben Harrison kind of been working with him. So yeah. that's, that's another really cool thing. And then I just partnered up with, uh, an Amsteel company. And I think I'm going to start offering an upgraded, um, and steel uh, connection method for like the GoPro mounts and the bow hooks. If people want to pay for it, um, the, the paracord works really, really well. Um, but, uh, if you want to get it rid of just a little bit of stretch, I think Amsteel is going to be the way to go, but I'm still kind of, uh, messing with it, but it's in the works with, um, a guy to work with him and, uh, um, start selling Amsteel attachments. Now, if you need to, uh, if you like, you want to just go find my website right now and, uh, you know, look at it and check it out. Um, it's www.goodsitmobile.com and that has all the products on there and a couple of videos like product videos that will also link you to my YouTube, which is good sit productions. And I know that's, like I said, in the beginning of this kind of, uh, Kind of confusing. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to mesh the brands, but like right now, my Facebook page is still Good Sit Productions. We changed it. It takes 14 days for it to be Good Sit Mobile, and so it's just been kind of a process of switching it over. Um, because yeah, there it is. Yep. And yeah, uh,
0: technology can be cool. Like I can actually make the <laughs> technology do some pretty cool things when it works. But yeah, is
2: there uh, is there any videos of you doing the sky dump or no?
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> there Thank there is there's some behind the scenes stuff that i'm probably not going to say on here but it's it's pretty funny about that video um <laughs> that has to do with that and so uh like someday I will
0: moment? can we talk about What's this that? a little bit or is this like an okay hunter moment can we talk about this a little bit
1: yeah well i i don't <laughs> know uh, i don't know how gross you want to make your like how much you want to gross out the the uh the audience i don't so. You I, you
0: have not listened enough apparently to our podcast. If you're afraid, you are in good company, my friend. This is the place to do it. Uh, Brian, well, we've
2: got a, we've got a chunk of listeners who are not dedicated saddle hunters, which is totally cool, and they may not know what that bonus feature is. So I think it would be well, awesome for you to explain.
1: Well, so um, I so I don't really April do
0: Fools. like this is a real thing. This isn't because I've seen some April Fools' things recently. Someone actually asked us at the beginning of the episode, is this Weed and Whitetails? Which was our April Fool's. No, this is not a Weed and Whitetails episode. Sorry. <laughs> but go on.
1: Yeah, well, uh, the Sky Dump out of the uh, like the method is, to me, better than any toilet you will ever sit on. The method, too. because And especially uh, in the hybrid setup. It's almost like, it's almost like half, if not 80%, of why I love the setup. Uh, because... <laughs> <laughs> We've
0: talked about why they're a brand partner, because we're going to give them content that no one else is giving them.
1: (laughs) When, when you drop the seat down and you put your knees up to it and then you spread the two panels, uh, it's you. And then you have your phone right there. Like it's probably the most peaceful that I've ever been in my life. I, I, uh, now one, one side note is watch out below because uh sky dumps tend to carry two to four feet when you're on the side of a hill so if you dropped a hat or a grunt tube you're really going to want to pay attention to uh (laughs) to the uh you know the 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 lay of the land i should say (laughs) (laughs) that's funny man
0: no that is one of the saddles where i think you probably could pull off i guess a sky dump if that's what we're calling it which i've not called it that before i feel like you're gonna have to make a t-shirt now that says sky dump and there's like a silhouette of, you know, what's happening here.
1: Yeah. It, we, I've talked about it. So, uh, Devin Patterson on Blue Tail bow hunters. Um, uh, he's a, he's a, a really great dude. And we talk every single time we podcast, we end up on the conversation of taking a shit out of a saddle. So, uh, it's one of those things where, uh, we can't not talk about it every time. Like, Hey man, when was your last sky dump? It's kind of like a, a desk pop, you know, in, uh, uh, the Will Ferrell movie. It's like, Hey, yeah. uh, Last sky dump was, uh, you know, November thirteenth, uh, twenty twenty three. You know what I mean? <laughs> diary. Oh, that's good. My last yeah. Sky dump.
0: yeah, I call it a knapsack because, like, you can get, you, like, you're just, you're safe. You're safe in that thing. You can't take naps in a tree stand. I mean, right? You can but it's pretty dangerous. You're gonna fall out and engage that safety harness. And that's not gonna be pleasant. With a saddle, you're already engaged. You're ready to
1: go. Yeah. He's
0: got to curl. Yeah, that and
1: tree. Uh, the other thing too is it's safer and you're still ready to shoot like whereas before if you were like dropping trow and everything like you were you know it was a whole process there was a lot more movement and i just feel like uh it makes everything more streamlined so if anybody's listening and is on the fence about (laughs) a saddle and especially a two-panel uh hybrid system uh you're welcome
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean it really is it's uh one of those things that there should be nothing to be on the fence about. I had another thought about that, and it escaped me quickly. Probably just remember
2: you can you can thank Good Shit Productions. I mean, Good Shit Productions <laughs> for that's that true. wonderful yeah. tip.
1: Yeah, yeah well, me and Derek not- were talking about putting the eight, the tiny H right there.
0: There you go. If you're playing the wind, you can shit wherever you want, you know, and I think it'll be all right.
1: <laughs> well, that is a good. Hey, if you run out of milkweed too, I mean, that's a pretty good uh, indicator. <laughs>
0: Like a monkey up there throwing turd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit is pretty natural smell. I mean, things shit in the woods. It's pretty normal. I don't think that's gonna scare off
1: a buck. You no, know, it it definitely to me it doesn't, cause uh, I, I I mean I've killed decent amount of bucks and uh do a decent amount of sky dump So <laughs> <laughs>
0: have you ever killed a buck a nice mature? Cause you got a lot in the background. I'll make you full screen again here. But like, you got do you got any other okayest moments like? Have you have you killed a buck over a sky dump pile or what?
1: Yeah, so that's what I was kind yeah. of alluding. So I was kind of alluding to the biggest uh, uh, deer that I'd killed. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was looking over at uh, at a sky dump and then spooked him, and then he jumped away. That was the one that Derek. Remember you messaged me that you were watching the redemption one. Yep. I'm pretty sure the last thing he saw was my dump before I shot him. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually positive okay. of it. So that's why I say uh, pretty sure. I, I know for a fact that that's what kind of spooked him. Hey,
2: life is about timing. Another second or two, and that buck might have been hightailing it away from your sky dump. You made it happen.
1: Yeah. I, that's If anybody wants a good strategy uh, to throw the buck mm-hmm. off, like you've heard of nose jammer and stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's an overlooked uh, like, uh, you know, <laughs> strategy. You want
0: a
2: nose jammer? You're some turd. <laughs> Not a lot you
0: know, of guys you know. are doing
2: it, but it works. Right. T-
0: the turd jammer. Tony had a serious Tony had a serious question in the comments here. When you start uh when you start thinking about new products, how much is weight a consideration?
1: It's a huge consideration. Everybody knows the uh like we joke, me and cousin Brian are always like ounces equal pounds, you know what I mean? Because everybody says that in the in the saddle world. But uh, That's one of the coolest things about the 3d printed stuff and being so tough and still being light i mean it's it's it weighs next to nothing just like this i mean this block and uh and screw weigh less than a screw in mount you know what i mean but you you can do more with it and uh just like this guy here i mean you can get a lot longer uh bow hook without screwing it into it you know without the screw in is going to be metal and it's going to be a lot heavier So just to me, I'm always trying to think of how can I make it more lighter, uh, smaller, more compact. And again, in my mind, like if I can get it to do multiple uses, like my like so this system is kind of all set up to be modular. And so the cool thing about it is, is each one of these bow hooks. And uh, I wish I could take you over to my little uh, post right there. I have a post full of uh, the products over there, if you can see that.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. look at that. Yeah, that's great.
1: But uh, so here, I'll show you this right here. The reason why this is created, it's not for a gear hook on this one. This is so you can actually slide it down into a his strap, one inch webbing um, a uh, or a uh, paracord itself. And the reason why that's cool is when I set this guy up on the tree, I can take my GoPro mount. And just take because this thing is the same thing it's got a little bit different backing but the idea is the same it's made either wedge or run uh stuff in this slit right here and so when i hang my bow on one i can hang this on another and then maybe and i also have a mini gopro mount too so if you wanted to have a second angle cam right over you or this um over to the side because i run a uh a 360 cam which is what this was invented for but it can be used for a regular uh you know any second angle action cam But one of the, but so the idea is I can carry just one of these with one attachment, throw it up, and then I can throw everything else on it. Um, Just, you know, just like any other attachment, but I don't have to have um, hooks and stuff like that clanking around. Um, That's another big consideration for me is like, I want it to be easy to get on, easy to get off in the dark. So really I can take this and just drop it off, you know, just let it, let it go down. And then. Whenever I, whenever I hook it on, one of the really cool things about this bow hook is I can use this as a handle. So like you have gloves on or something like that. You don't want to be grabbing just the knot or sitting there trying to move it. So I can go up to my tree, figure out how big I want it with that. And it moves my Prusik and attach it. And then once I tighten it, every if you've ever used a Prusik, once you have a load on it, it's super hard to break it, right? Especially once you've had your weight on it. But when you've... Uh, you know I know
0: what that is. Hunting, so yeah the prusik knot is that that's what you use on your uh tether
1: yeah well and uh, i've moved to a, a distal hitch now because of that but on this it makes sense because you need that continuous loop um to fit in um it's not just fixed right like it is on our tethers and our uh our linemen's but since since i have to use a prusik if you want it, when you're done and it's tied up against that tree you just pull out on the bow hanger and push against it and it breaks it real easy and so the whole system is really like there's a lot more to it than just what meets the eye. It's it's all really thought out. Uh, the other thing is a lot of your your other uh, bow hangers on the market, even your 3D ones, they go up here like an L, and what that does is makes it to where it can move around and come up a lot more. So if you get your uh, string and your uh, your limb on and there, and then it's more like
0: like a Z almost, right? Like if uh, I mean I'm trying to describe it again for listeners, so.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: so, it's so not like idea, C, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and the idea is you get, um, uh, you're tighter to the tree because when you're saddle hunting, you're facing the tree and you're leaning out around the tree. So every little bit really does matter. And so, um, this is the smaller one, like I was showing you. And then if you have wider limbs, this is your larger one. It's an extra inch and a quarter. But the other thing is without it being that L is this butts right up to the tree. So you're not wasting any, uh, any real estate right there you know what i mean and so even though it doesn't seem like much um it really you know like i said ounces equal pounds and and every inch counts and uh uh it's i I want something that's easy to use and you don't even think about it just like whenever i am uh whenever i'm ready to go home all i do like i can do this with my eyes closed in the dark is i can um just throw this guy um over that you don't even have to do this but And then I set this right there and I can just wrap it up. Oh, of course, when I'm showing you guys, it's going to fucking do that.
0: How it goes, man.
1: (laughs) It's like your it's like your audio system. Anytime that uh, it's like
0: you got to you got to identify as an OKS hunter when you're on the OKS hunter podcast. You you got to convince us you're one of us. Whether
1: whether it's even right or not, you just wrap that sucker up and then you take your hair tie, throw it over there and throw it in your pack. And uh, when you're done hunting you know it's never going to be perfect. You're just going to wrap that sucker up, throw it on there, throw it in there. It's still together for the next time. It's not coming apart, and then you just get back to it. And you don't have to mess with a knot or anything. You just take that off and just take it apart, let it hang out over your tree stand, pop down, and you're ready to go. Now, because I know we don't have a lot of time, I will show people one cool thing about the GoPro mount is... So if you have it up there and if you've ever used a GoPro on in any way, shape or form, you know that these posts right here can weaken out over time uh, and eventually crack on any of your GoPro mounts and also messing with this little thing in the dark and getting your your post from your GoPro down in there can can be just a little bit of a hindrance and sometimes a pain in the butt and you drop stuff. Right. Uh, So the cool thing about this is you can leave your uh, GoPro actually oh, you can, it's yeah, attached you can, you can you can leave that attached hang your mount and the, and like whenever you go to hang your mount you can keep it all together and just hang your mount uh really nice and tight it doesn't have to be out hook it on and then go to adjusting it or you can adjust it where you want and put it in but you're never going to wear your, your uh your posts out and you're never going to be fumbling with um, little parts um, in the dark you can just take it then once it's on the tree and just screw it back in, uh, you know, where it goes. And as you screw it in, I made this. I I was I was going back and forth on whether or not to put a nut on there or not. Uh, but I yeah.
0: Did, so, you, so then you going yeah, and then you can position it properly and, and tighten it in the right angle. So do you don't have to go all the way down to tight. Is that how I understand yeah. that?
1: Yeah, but so in, instead, um, I went with a thicker block. This was a. Yep. See, like this was a uh, previous uh, model and you can see the difference in thickness on the block there. And so what that does is as you get down there and it's got more threading attached, you don't need to mess with a nut in the dark. You can, ju- uh, you can, ju- that sounded funny, but, uh, <laughs> hate in the <laughs> <laughs> but you can, uh, you can kind of have it at any angle. It'll hold it at, a, at an angle. Um, no problem because you got a lot more contact on that threading. But anyway, there's just lots of little stuff like that that uh, uh, that I'm thinking of, and every time I'm trying it out, you know, I'm trying to make it better.
0: No, that's that's great. The GoPro stuff is interesting, and like obviously, the new GoPros, like the latest versions, like I think it's 10 and up, now have that uh, that casing is like kind of built into the to the unit itself. But it, mm-hmm. it still doesn't change how you're interacting with it. Like it's still a good uh, like additive feature. That that's uh, I. I that's actually really cool. I'm glad I saw that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to on probably be buying. I'm, much I'm, much- I'm grabbing it. this here. And even to like all the self-filmers or like even the, the videographers that are looking for that sec- second action camera, that second angle. Like these are really good products to consider you know, I'm for good those one. guys. Yeah. So right. check it, so check it out.
1: This is This is when it's fully extended. And it comes with the same kind of mount. But this one, instead of like instead of having the slit on the back, because I really wanted that bow mount, um, solid. Right. Um, and the bow, yeah. the bow mount is holding a lot of weight, right. Uh, or a lot more weight. This is only like half a pound. If that, when you get your GoPro on there, but your bow is four to seven pounds. Right. So the biggest thing with this is you can slip this back piece over a, his strap. A lot of guys use his straps. Um, and then, or you can run paracord in there, but When you have just that little bit of weight, it actually, uh, acts to stabilize it, um, whenever that weight is leaning out. And so that's kind of what the only difference there is when you have a lot of weight, um, you know, I didn't want to make a weak point for the bow hanger. So that's why you can still wedge it down in there, but I just designed that just a little bit different. And the cool thing is, is there's no metal parts. There's no washers. There's just these little teeth, um, that, uh, make it to where you can adjust the, uh, pieces up and down. And so all you, all you do is either twist it, uh, back or forth, um, uh, to tighten it and you can put it in any, um, configuration you want. And you can actually put this on a parallel limb too. Um, if you, if you wrap this around and tighten it, it will stay, um, upright. You can, you can put it up like this, or you can put one of the arms down and stabilize it, whatever you want to do, but it's really been pretty handy. Um, and I really enjoyed designing that one.
0: So here's a question for you on the GoPro stuff. We all know that GoPro batteries are inherently terrible. Yep. They're, they're the worst batteries. They don't last. GoPros are a pain in the ass to turn on and off, all that stuff. Uh, so what I've noticed a lot of videographers doing is they're, they're putting, or they're plugging in, um, a power pack, like a battery pack. Look at this. You've already got to figure it figured out. Yeah. I was just going to ask, <laughs> where can you,
1: put battery pack? so I had, a pain in the, I had, it. it's a, I have it set up at my show with this little hook for that or you can. So another cool thing about this is so when I was designing the bow hook, um, we actually came out with a bow hook that was based off of this principle right here with these little guys as an adjustable pitch bow hook. But I just don't believe that you're going to get guys to buy into putting their thousand dollar bow on something that is not fully solid, even though it had a uh, like a safety break on it and stuff like that. Um, and so Mm -hmm. I kind of scrapped it, even though I thought it was a good idea. However, uh, the, uh, this has enough power. You could, or I mean enough, uh, strength. Uh, like if you dropped your bow hook, you could still set your bow on this and have your, uh, uh, GoPro on and have it as a bow hook too. Um, you can configure this in such a way that, uh, you're not, you're not SOL just if you drop something and I drop stuff all the time. Um. And so it's just nice to have things that are backups. You know what I mean? And you're not, you're not just um, cussing just because, I mean, you're you're not going to be happy if you drop your bow hook because it's ideal. Right. And you want to keep it out of the way, but in a pinch, you know, you're just getting up in gray light and uh, you you know, it's perfect and you don't want to climb back down because you don't want to make any more noise and you got this guy set up. Um, You can put your bow, uh, you know, on this guy, you're just going to have to make sure and you know, Wedge it down in there and, and make sure, but this thing has plenty of strength on it. So I actually held my bow out on it for like a week straight just to test it, and uh, no problem, never moved or anything. So
0: awesome, man! Huh? You're like the uh, you're like the antidote to the OKS hunter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we have problems, we know this, but look, if you're gonna go with good, sit, you're gonna have backup after backup after backup, and you're gonna be covered, Brian, uh, better than you would think. And you can
2: take a shit from the <laughs> We don't want solutions. We just want to vent about our okayest problems.
1: Okay? All right. You know what? I don't
2: want a solution. <laughs> you
1: so know what? what? I'm <laughs> sorry I said anything. All right. I'm sorry I did anything.
0: Stop solving our problems. Okay. We're just trying to talk about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know. No. I feel I, anytime I go on a podcast, I always feel like I drone on. So uh, uh, I could go on for days, is the problem. And like the guys at work. How many have you been on? What's that?
0: How many podcasts have you done?
1: um just a, like uh cody jenkins from whitetail legacy shout out to him uh
0: that guy's, that guy's a dick. i'm just kidding we love cody he's he's a great dude <laughs> i just know he was watching cody's the man cody.
1: and uh he's uh you know salt of the earth and he's actually um uh, helped me uh put like when i was when this was in its infancy and still today he came out to the classic hung around kind of uh help people tell him you know that he's used them and stuff like that He's mentioned him on the podcast, and uh, he even mentioned it on the Last Breath podcast with Garrett. And he even mentioned it on the Exodus podcast. So, like, uh, uh, dude is uh, just an amazing advocate and a good buddy. And uh, he was somebody else that I met online and uh, just, you know, couldn't – don't have enough good things to say about the guy. So,
0: Yeah, I've I've talked about his podcast. His his podcast is Mm -hmm. one of the few hunting podcasts I actually listen to, oddly enough. I don't know what it is but they 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 paved their way by like talking to non-known people like unknown was, people. Yeah, that was me, like, man. Thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's it's just one of those things where it's like everyone's talking to like big names, big names and I think that's great too like it's good to learn from those those folks but then here Cody comes and he's like he's built a, a really successful podcast by talking to no-namers and it's just such great content and that's, Cody's a killer.
2: So That's White Legacy dude. Podcast, right?
1: Yeah, White Tail Legacy. Yep, yep. He, that's, he, uh, he he does every Wednesday and uh that's my day off. So it ends up working out well. You guys, you guys were, oh, yeah. Gracious. In the yeah, you guys were gracious enough to move it for me, but I appreciate it. But, uh, uh, White Tail Legacy and then Devin Patterson has, uh, that blue tail, um, bow hunters. And now, now I got you guys, which, um, uh, I was really, really stoked to do because I follow you we're guys. We're bringing up
0: the rear. We're bringing but, up the rear.
1: Well, <laughs> no, I, I, I follow all of your guys' stuff, especially, uh, I've been watching Derek's, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, shed hunting videos here lately, and uh, makes me feel like a uh, chump when it comes to finding sheds. So,
0: Derek's a shed dog, man. Dude, you can't compare yourself to Derek when it comes to
1: shed hunting. He's a freaking beast. Man. Yeah, he he, got, he, he he makes got, like, me a little bit angry watching how many that he finds. So, <laughs>
2: um, Justin Justin Signon just commented a few minutes ago that he met you this last weekend. Justin's from Kentucky. And I actually talked to him last week while I was down in Arizona on spring break. He gave me a call because he found one of his best shed antlers ever. So we were nerding out on shed antlers while I'm in Arizona at the play place with my kids. I was like, honey, I got to take this. He found a big shed.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> your wife was so happy about that one. Yeah. Justin, you got to go on his podcast. He's got the running gunning. Yeah. He, just,
1: he just messaged me today. We had a good long talk and he seems like a really good dude. Um, awesome. Speaking of what you just said, though when i shot that one in 2019 that public land redemption buck it was at the end, you probably saw it was at the end of a lot of heartbreak and uh, it was just a long long road that and some other personal stuff and uh, i was really really like you know i was just it was one of those deep breaths you know long deep breaths like sigh of relief and i'm freaking out and i call my family and uh, my wife had my daughter and she was probably 3 or 4 and they were at the zoo with her friend uh, down in st louis and I'm like, honey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a million miles a second. And I'm like, honey, I just shot, I just shot a giant. I just shot a big deer. I, I know he's dead. And, uh, and, uh, she's like, did you get in a car wreck? What's going on? And, and then I was what? like, I was like, I was like, put my daughter on the phone. And my, my daughter's like, uh, daddy, I see a rhino. And I was like, uh, all right. I got to call somebody that gives a shit. I love you guys. Bye. <laughs> oh, God damn it.
0: Uh oh! Uh oh! Yeah, technical horrible. difficulties. No, when, I, when I got when I got the buck that's on the wall behind me, which you can't really see too much, it, I just got him back in the studio. In fact, it's kind of weird because Derek and Greg have not been here since this deer's been hung up in here. um But I, you know, and then the, the other buck that's on both bucks that are on the wall are the only two bucks I've gotten with my bow. And I called my wife first both times, and my daughter was the most excited both times. And I'm and I FaceTime right out of the gate, like it's FaceTime because my kids don't understand a phone call. They're like why can't i see you because they're born in you know this day and age where you can <laughs> so i'm like showing them a dead deer and they're like jacked as shit my daughter's like can i eat it i'm like yeah we're gonna come home and cook it tonight
1: like it's gonna be great we're pulling
0: out freaking loins and let's go and so my, it's a great
1: experience so so since i watch a lot uh, so like my thing you know we i'm sure all of our thing is watching youtube hunting videos right like it's the only thing i watch that and like podcasts or you know stuff like that and uh when, so when I shoot a deer and I'll send a picture or bring it home, my wife and kid are like, it's not that big. They're like buck shaming me and
0: uh,
1: <laughs> because they see all these giants on YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so I know, I know you guys, the big thing with your guys' podcast is uh, no buck shaming. And uh, I, I hate to say it, but I got some buck shamers in the house. So
0: <laughs> we'll work <laughs> on them. Up. I Mine's like, is it dead? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's dead. Like, of course, it's not alive. It's sitting here in the <laughs> truck. It's not moving. You can understand they're young. They're five. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, this is a good episode, man. I think this it's interesting because, you know, uh, we're, we're really into the video podcast and the live broadcast. And, and I turn off the phone number because of the panic that I had with the when the audio stopped working. I just so maybe we could have got some calls, but I, I jettisoned that idea real quick when it, uh, shit went haywire. But um, I think when people see this one on YouTube, this would be a really good one to to watch on YouTube for the video podcast side of things because of how much show and tell you're doing with the actual products. Right. But I think there's still a lot of value in, in listening in. Also, um, you got a lot of nice deer on your wall there. I think you, you know what you're talking about. You know what you're doing. You obviously have a deep, deep passion for, you know, inventing these, these practical ways. You might be one of the more practical hunting gear companies that I'm, that I'm aware of. Like I, I'll sometimes like as deer hunters, we're looking for like, we, we don't know what we're going to buy. We're going to a store thing. What, what am I going to buy? Like, I don't even have a plan for this money in my pocket, but let's see what speaks to me. <laughs> right. Like, I feel like if I'm going to go to your website. I just going to buy it all. Like it's all speaking to me.
1: Well, I don't have to like look really hard. <laughs> I, I hope everybody feels that way. But uh, the, uh, the funny thing is, is growing up like, you know, I watch, I watch a lot of podcasts. So sometimes it feels like what I'm saying is cliche because a lot of people have the same, um story like uh watching watching the deer hunters on TV that were hunting, you know, uh the farms that were, you know, not really where we were hunting. And then going out and buying the products they told us to, like the acorn cruncher and the cough muffler and all these <laughs> dumb things, right? And the Deer View
2: uh, Mirror. The Deer View yes, mirror. Deer,
1: <laughs> well, I owned an acorn crunch. <laughs> I, I owned an acorn cruncher for sure. And uh I own the, uh, the breeding hen squealer or whatever for turkey hunting. And, uh, like, I don't know. It's just like after a long, I used to spray myself down with sent away spray. Now I, uh, I will pump gas in my hunting clothes, take craps off my tree. Like it's, it, it literally doesn't matter to me. I'm focused on entrance routes. I'm focused, I'm focused on, uh, scouting and, uh, historical data and stuff like that. But, Um, I just don't buy into the gimmicks anymore. And so that's why, um, there wasn't hunting products out there that I wanted. And so I thought, well, it's time to make, it's time to figure out how to make it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, there's definitely a, there really are a lot of gimmicks out there and there's a lot of big companies that are preying on people with these kind of gimmicky ideas, because I think human nature tells us to take a shortcut. Unfortunately, by, by human nature, I mean, like human beings are like, get rich quick get in shape. Well, I don't want to do, I want to take a pill to lose weight. I want to, you know, find a short path to become a millionaire. I want to get a big buck tomorrow. Like, what can I do? That's why you see poaching and terrible shit or, but the ones that are like law abiding, it's like, Ooh, I'm going to buy this thing that will bring in the big bucks. Yep. Like there's no shortcut for hard work and, and like experience from learned learning things over time by making mistakes. That's why we celebrate mistakes so much here at OKS okay Hunter, because that's the biggest that's the best teacher you're going to have.
1: Absolutely. You're not going to learn something you hard.
0: With. like someone can tell you till they're blue in the face, like that's why our parents would tell us shit all the time. We never effing listened. Like, don't speed. Don't speed. Don't speed. What do I do? Speed, speed, speed. What happened? Lots of tickets. Not fun. Should it's I have listened? Like, yeah, that would have been. Easier. You
1: said you said you, know? some, you said something wrong and you got popped in the mouth and then you learned. OK, well, that's not something that you say in that situation. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do. But. I do want to get this out though. So, cause I'm sure you guys might get this too. And I, I appreciate that people do this, so I'm not putting them down, but I get reached out to a lot. You know, when you have success, people want to replicate that. And I, and I understand cause I, I was like that too. Um, but sure. what happens is, is they reach out and go, Hey, you know, I don't really want your spots. Um, but could you point me in the right direction or something like that? And then what I type is always pretty similar and it's the path to get them to the right spot and it's never what they want to hear. And so I can just lay it out for you real easy if you want to kill big bucks. I, like I said, I simplify everything in my life and it's I, I, big bucks is not killing big bucks isn't simple, but if you do the right steps over and over, um, you won't be surprised when it happens repeatedly. Um, because you're putting yourself in the best possible situation. And so all my, my, I mean, there's, there's always more to it, but at its simplest form, I break, I break down pieces into like two to 400 acre chunks. I set my waypoints on everything that I want to view. And I set a, uh, you know, three to seven mile hike, sometimes as much as 10, but usually three to seven. And I'll go out with five to seven cameras. I'm scouting and I'm hanging cameras. And Uh, on those spots. And I'm scouting for old rub sign, old scrape sign, bedding sign. um, And then I'm hanging. I'm also really, really important to to scout the people. And usually you'll find people stand or excuse me, people stands over the old good sign. And then you'll see new sign opened up about 60 to 70 yards um, in either direction um, because those bucks have learned that that's where somebody goes and they don't leave the area. They have just um, altered their travel pattern. So it's super important to figure out um, your area, figure out where everybody um, tends to hunt, um, your entrance routes, all that stuff. But it's as simple as doing that, letting them soak and then going back and studying what you found out and then figuring out your entrance routes, your winds, your thermals. And then you start uh, putting that together with historical data um, off of you know, previous years um with your scouting and with what you've seen on stand and before you know it you're just throwing smart sit after smart sit after smart sit and i always tell people uh i'm not that good but all i have to do is be good 2 out of 20 times right or 2 out of 10 times um and i'll and i'll kill my 2 bucks so uh now when you're hunting a particular big buck sometimes you know th- that becomes a lot different strategies and stuff like that but if you just want to go out there and and start killing really nice deer. You, you got to stop making it so hard and big and such a huge task. It's as simple as um, looking at the work you've done and then applying it over and over. Um, you know, you can't skimp. You have to do, you have to make sure that if like uh, one buck I got back here, he was 250 yards from the road or from the parking lot, but I went a mile or mile and a half around the back way, came up, back doored him, And that's, and I knew where he was bedded. I knew that when the sign was opened up early season that he was back in there, but you know, like if, if you just put in the work, like I said, the simple work and then do the hard thing every time you're going to be like, eventually you're going to be consistent. It's impossible to not be consistent. If you're always doing the right things as much as you can, Um, you're never going to be 100% and it wouldn't be fun if you were, but if you're 20% for big buck sightings on stand, you're doing something right. (laughs)
0: That's a so, great way to look at it, man. So
1: my point is, if you're hitting me up, asking me to point you in the right direction, that is the that is the truth. That's I mean, like I don't have a spot. I might show up to a spot, and it's got people <laughs> there or people on my cameras or, uh, you know, no sign where it was. So I have 20 to 30 different betting areas, you know, maybe more peeped out, historical data, new data, you know, and uh, you're constantly trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together and use whatever – uh, whether you're dealing with at the time wind thermals, um, to make your move. So there's no such thing as that magic spot. That's good. Every time you go in there and everybody wants you to point them to that and it just doesn't exist. So I just well, a magic,
0: spot. It be magic one time, you know, one part of the season versus another too, like the, the, or, or one year versus another, because the crop changed or what have you like, there's just so, so many variables, but you've definitely gotten really good at distilling like big concepts and uh you know where others might be like myself like diluting things <laughs> and adding and making it more complicated
1: Every, so everybody wants some, to, some... everybody wants to watch the podcast and like just totally it's like if you can if you can over complicate a situation you're going to talk yourself out of hunting uh the right spots most of the time that's the problem is is yeah,
0: this yeah right. yeah i'm thinking like gosh the same thing like with like with like weight loss and and fitness it's like well, you know, I, the, I well, just tell me how you did it. It's like, well, yeah, my body's different than your body. Like maybe your body reacts <laughs> different to, you
1: know, uh, amino acids or protein or like this muscle movement or whatever. Well, that's or like, that's I want to make it bad. But that's, you, that's the other thing it's is like, like, I could yeah. tell a novice, I could tell a novice exactly where to go hunt the exact right time of year. And he's not going to know how to enter it correctly, necessarily quietly, He's not going to know how to think on the fly if he sees something else. He's not going to know that if he bumps this deer here, you know, he might have to circle back. Like, there's so many more variables that you have to learn, like you said through um, failing. That me telling you a good spot to go sit is not necessarily doing you any favors because you're not learning anything, and you're probably not even going to maximize that sit. You have to. Go but you can't
0: tell me how to. What's that? You can't tell me how to have a. You can't tell me how to have a good sit. Yes. Your
1: business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just just
2: like just like Eric was saying though, like how fitness, like everybody is different, like everybody's body is different, like how it reacts. But like when you talk to people who are like or listen to podcasts who are like the serious big buck killers, like Brian Hunt's mature bucks, he's super detail-oriented. Look at the way he designs his products. Like he's thought through every different scenario. And like The more podcasts I listen to, the more I notice that's a commonality with almost everyone who's like really good at killing big old deer is that are fanatical about the details. Like, that's just how it is. Now, there are lots of hunters who don't want to be fanatical about the details and think about it to that level. And that's totally fine. Like, that's what OKS Hunter caters to, also. But it's like the idea of being in education, since I'm a teacher, like, we have all these terms that most of them are wildly annoying, but lifelong learner is like one that they want us to be as educators and we want our students to be and that's the number one thing like if you want to progress or like get any better you have to like be open to learning and taking it in in any way you can and i think that's like what brian just came down to like instead of giving me a spot like let me tell you what you can learn about so you can do it yourself right that's the
0: whole idea of like teach a man a fish versus, you know, yeah. catching him the fish. Like people are yeah. wanting you to catch the fish for them. And, and at the end of the day, like you got to learn how to catch yeah. the fish. And, yeah, and to your and, point, uh, Derek, what's the other one? Like, uh, uh, it's not open mind, but it's like something versus static, fixed mindset versus open mindset or something like that. Like if you, if you think that you're done learning, you're, then you're done. Yeah. Like you have to have an open mind because there's going to be more to learn. So the moment you think you've learned it all, or you know it all, go find something else to do. Cause this ain't, this ain't the thing for you. Deer hunting ain't it. You will never stop learning.
1: I look like a novice and I yep. tell this to everybody. So no matter how many times you practice in the yard, no matter how many times that you uh, have killed big bucks, like that first sit or two every year and you're, you're wiping the, the cobwebs off, you're relearning stuff and you're getting back in the groove and everybody has to go through that. And everybody wants to pass that point. And you just can't. Every everything is is you have to earn it every time you go out. It's not like okay, I'm good at killing big bucks. Now I can just coast. It doesn't work like that. It's it's like okay, <laughs> no,
0: yeah, that's yeah. Oh my god, I love that. I'm I'm interrupting because I get so damn excited. Like that. That's like stoic philosophy talks about. You have to you you don't just sweep the floor once if you're like working on like keeping your ego in check. You, you, every day you have to sweep the floor because new shit is falling on it. There's new messes and dust and like. You don't just sweep the floor once you're like, cool, the floor has been swept. We are good now. No, no, you got to do it again tomorrow or maybe again today because your kid dumped a freaking box of crackers.
1: Well, like, you have, you have gotta, to
0: keep sweeping the floor.
1: You have to fall in love with sweeping the floor. And that's yep. the hard part. Yes. So like yep. it, when you like, again, we're. Ta- I hate talking about like regurgitated stuff. But when you kill, it's, you know, like you're happy. It feels good. But I can tell you from experience, and this is going to sound like a humble brag, but I've been tagged out the past four years in a row and semi-early, and it, I don't like being tagged out. It sucks. Uh, I, you know, I'm in love with the process. I just love the grind. Sitting in the rain, killing that big buck, I had this moment of clarity that I can't get from something else. This moment of like just absolute peace and clarity because I was grinding. I was pushing through, and I was doing all the right things, and I put myself in that position. So to fall in love with that and then have it be over in the middle of the best time of hunting, um, it sucks. And so a lot of the time Yeah.
0: No, that's, yeah. Gary Gary Vanderchuck talks about that all the time as a marketer. He's like, he sets this big goal, he's like, I want to buy the Jets. And he's like, But I love the process of trying to get to it. He goes, I hope I never do it because then the the game is over. He's Absolutely. like, I don't I kind of don't want to win. I just love the I love the game and not the outcome. And, and I think a lot of people and, and clearly because he's obviously one talking about that, that's that's the thing that people get hung up on is they want the outcome and then they get it. And it's like, well, shit, I actually love the process.
1: And you yeah. see a lot of guys, you see a lot of guys that uh, out there, they watch all this stuff and they want to be that, but they don't want to put in the work, but they want to put themselves out there as if they're, you know, and it's like it, it's so easy to see. Like, all you have to do is this. You just have to do step one through 100. And at the end of 100 is what you're wanting but everybody wants it to be at step five it's not at step five it's at step 100 you know what i'm saying and uh yeah Yeah. most people can't stay through till step 100 and uh you know i watch a lot of people uh you know putter out after two or three years and realize that it's work that's that's the problem is is hunting if you want to kill big bucks is work um and a lot of guys uh, realize that it's not i mean how many times have you sat all day sits over and over and you're just sick to your stomach and you don't want you i mean like you love the grind, but like, you can't take it anymore. You're like pushing yourself beyond your limits. And like, that's part of what you love, but it's almost unbearable. And uh, like, it's really hard to describe the love hate relationship with that. Um, And then at the end, yeah, I
0: get, I get burnt out. Yeah. And part of it's like the pressure of family. Like you, like I'm, I'm, Oh, my, my wife is at home with our three kids and I'm like, but I got to go kill this deer. (laughs) And she's like, I need a break. I'm like, but I'm so close to figuring out this puzzle this season. Like I figured it out. It's such a, it, and that stuff like starts to get to you and weighs on you. There's a lot of factors. There's work, there's your career, there's, you know, maybe you're a student. I don't know. There's all sorts of different things. You're saying they have Like, podcast. Like, start a podcast and give up because they're like, oh shit, I got to do this every week. This is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Had it since 2013. <laughs> like it's, it's wild, man. All of it.
1: Well, and, and so, um, yeah. like, um, when I, when I killed my first deer before the big deer, so three days before I killed this guy right here, I killed a, uh, like a, a 140 with some broke off tines. He was probably upper one thirties. And again, I don't care about score, but just as a way of describing what the deer was, uh, he was, you know, somewhere in, probably in, in the mid to one thirties. And then he broke off like nine or 10 inches of time. But, uh, I knew I was like, I was very certain that when I went in there on the first sit, that I had a really, really high odds of killing. I actually told people at work, like, Hey, I found a spot that I'm definitely going to kill a deer uh, when I go in it and it happened. And the only reason that 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 I was so certain is because I put in so much work and so much work that when I took I took a kid from work, Greg, it's called Greg's Buck. That's the video. When I took the kid from work, I wanted to show him what hunting's about. And it's kind of like baptism by fire is what I always call it, is if somebody wants me to put them on a spot, I always say, how about this? You go scouting with me in the summer and hanging trail cams. And if you still want to hunt with me after that, I, I'll take you anywhere you want to go. I'll help you drag out your buck, you know, all that good stuff. And most people don't come back. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's just, it's simply, it went, like you said, with the podcast, it's, and not to toot my own horn, I, like I said, but I fell in love with the work. So it's not work to me. Uh, it sucks, but it's not work. And if you just look at it, like, this is horrible. Uh, why would anybody want to? to do this, then you're never gonna get good
0: at it. Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't work for me. I'm
1: drinking a bourbon talking about deer. (laughs) (laughs) Work work. work. sucks. But 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 that was that was just like the uh the one point that I really like to get out is because people watching this, a lot of them maybe they don't have a lot of big bucks under their belt. And uh it it doesn't have to be as complicated as people make it on on YouTube and everything else. Uh, you you can really just do some work, go out there, throw some sits at your work, and eventually it, it'll happen for you. You just got to be smart.
0: But look at the shirt that I'm wearing, shoot deer. Like you you have to you have to actually shoot some deer to get there. And I've, I've used this analogy way too much, but you can't go to the gym as a 150-pound twig and expect that you're going to lift 225 pounds on the bench press day one, or that you're yep. 400 pounds, you want to trim down to 180. Like you got to put the reps in. In you got to like actually get some practice in. So this whole rhetoric of like I only want to kill a 150 or 170 or 200 or 180, or whatever else it's going to be. We we're in Iowa, man. Every single high schooler there was showing us pictures of 180s. <laughs> like 160 <laughs> was a small. I'm You're like, like oh, oh, that 160. You're like, no, 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 man. I passed. I passed. I'm like, quit passing. Start shooting. You haven't well, shot shit yet. Like, go freaking shoot a deer.
1: I said that. Uh, yeah, I, I said the same thing on. Uh, the Podcast with Cody is uh, like I don't pass 140s because when the one 170, 180 steps out in front of me, if I haven't shot the 140s and I haven't been there a hundred times before, I don't want to be going to the Super Bowl on the first game that I play, right? So yeah, I want like
0: your balls haven't dropped yet. Like you need to you need to get out there, you know.
1: You you need to know <laughs> you need to know how scary it is to have a 140 in front of you before you have that 180 in front of you. And I was scared, you know. I mean, I was scared to death when that 180 stepped out. I drew, and my adrenaline had me just holding it draw. I couldn't let down uh, the whole time. You know what I mean? And uh, but I had the peace yeah. of mind. I had so just as a as like a point to it. When I was at full draw, I had the peace of mind. Like, okay, you've been here before. Turn your hand. You know, you have to turn your hand. All right, you have to settle the pin.
0: yourself right. working mechanics feels
1: great. Yep. So you're working on bow mechanics, and then all of a sudden. You're like, all right. All you got to do is put it in that in that opening. When he gets in that opening, you're gonna let it go. So if I hadn't shot every deer that I'd shot leading up to that, or the deer three days before, and that was the first time, I'm just gonna fucking let her rip and let it fly, and probably not shoot that deer. So <laughs> people that are listening that think that shooting a 170 every six years is the way to go, I think you're I think you're shooting yourself in the foot.
0: Yeah, I'll take 120s all day long. Like I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't care. And right. like, well, what I say, we had we had a uh, 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 Tony Peterson on last week and, I was like, you know, the bonus of shooting a buck is it's got handles to drag it out on. Like, that's that's my <laughs> bonus right there. Easy drag. I don't know. It's yeah. stuff. No, but like, let's remind people where they can find you. Uh, Brian, Where what's the website domain? I put in the link here, but I'll have you state it off. Call out your YouTube it's, again so people can go subscribe and let's uh, bring the plane for landing.
1: Yeah, it's www.goodsitmobile.com, and also you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as still the Good Sit Productions for now, as well as the YouTube as Good Sit Productions, Um, and all of the hunts that we that I've talked about um, over the last four years are on there. So there's like uh, there's eight uh, videos on there of kills, and then like Brian's buck um, was on there, the one that uh, he uh, that I self filmed or I filmed him on after uh killing the two bucks this year so there and then also there is a uh, uh some gear how to and uh like utilizing different uh, strategies mm-hmm. on there too and uh, so check it out
2: yeah so your your cool. giant buck from this last year the video is up it's awesome super cool that brian got that on video and if i'm not mistaken that one- did you had- have a product had- giveaway that you were running with uh, oh. promotion on there
1: yes i'm glad you said that so yeah
2: grab that rack buddy
1: so the guys are uh, guessing on the gross and the net score and I'm going to, uh, oh. give, I'm going to give away one of each of these products that we're talking about here. And uh, they had to like and share the original post and comment on, on the original post. Uh, and without the closest of the gross and net without going over is going to get one of every, uh, one of the products that we sell here. And is that,
0: 13, is that a 13 point buck
1: it, yeah it was he was so he was a 13 pointer and he broke off at the base his brow and on the uh the trail cam video or the trail cam pick he was the the brow was up here and so I'm I'm uh guesstimating that at like four to six inches somewhere in there and so uh he uh he here holy
2: I know a guy yeah. who can fix that
1: yeah, I heard there was a guy up there <laughs> uh, <laughs> that could fix that, eh? <laughs> Hold up. Derek does I,
2: good hair
0: repair, for those that don't know.
1: Well, and uh, Brian uh, got that picture from you. That thing's amazing, man, of his uh, wife and baby. That, that was uh, really, really cool. And what's funny is, is whenever you were helping us out uh, or helping me out, drag that out with your dad, I had no idea about the whole art thing. So afterwards, I'm looking on your art stuff and like holy shit i was like around you know like an art legend and didn't even know it You know, I mean? <laughs>
2: that might uh, be pushing buddy
1: well you're know, uh, Derek,
2: one of the greats
0: and, and i know he's the great art doors is his instagram but he's a there's a lot of people that don't even know that they're in the presence of total greatness i don't know how i did this i just put a sticker thing on the on the screen sorry about that but by the way i gotta read go. off,
1: i gotta uh, read off the, gro- the gross and net what are your guys's guesses uh derek's already seen it
0: uh i don't know man that looks like a 178 inch deer but i am that's very confident because i don't know what the fuck i'm talking that's about. a damn
2: good guess confident.
1: yeah and if it had the brow you were you were right on the money so uh the only <laughs> <laughs> so weird <laughs> the only reason that i even got this one scored is because i was close i don't get deer scored most of the time nor do i really care i want to preface that that the score doesn't matter doesn't take away from the enjoyment of, oh, of no, no, shooting no. a deer yeah. But for the purpose of the, the fact that I was at the Illinois Deer Classic anyway, and I was going to have him he- there just to show people the buck from the video, I figured why not take him over and see if me and BJ's uh, my cousin's uh, scoring job at four thirty in the morning hopped up on Red Bull and soaked and exhausted was anywhere close. So uh, we were at one sixty eight that night, and uh, so I thought you know, I'd always wanted to hit that 170 mark, uh, just as like a goal of my own, like a personal goal. And not that it took away from the deer, but when I found out it was 168, I, I thought, man, I'm, you know, this freaking close to, to breaking the marker. And so I took to the deer and turkey classic and he ended up grossing, uh, 172 and five eights. And then, then he netted 157 and seven eights. So if he'd have had, uh, his other, and he went non-typical, but if he'd have had that that brow on there you're you were right on the money at the 178 uh ish mark and uh, up in the lower 160s as a net so pretty old
0: greg greg would you so much shit he'd be like you know that's like when i got he said i got lost in my own basement <laughs> if you saw that first episode. <laughs> i think there's
1: a i think there was a dude on here too that got pretty close uh, let's One see if
0: i'm just commenting
1: on, our, see on if, our feed here what's that
0: Someone just commented on our feed, 168. That was their guess. I don't know who it was because they're coming from the, the Facebook group that we have. But well, here,
1: um, let me let me, uh, let me call out the uh, what I believe is the winner. Uh, this is kind of preliminary because I'm just doing this on the spot. But I looked a little bit before and uh, to see, uh, you know, who was pretty close. So let's see here. Uh, so
0: you, you're the winner is going to be for the for the net score or the growth score.
1: Uh, so both without going over, closest w- to both without going over.
0: It's like The Price is Right.
1: Yes, I, so, and there was one guy who went way low, and I thought he was going to win because everybody was just a hair over. And uh, so let me see here. There, it was
0: Ryan Cross, I guess he's out of Texas. Ryan's a good guy. He guessed one sixty-eight on the. I'm just looking the live feed right now. So,
1: so
2: regardless, I'm, regardless of one number that deer took down at the classic, there, um, being able to you know help help hype you up and enjoy the moment and being there when you took your biggest buck was, was pretty awesome. And my dad always kind of instilled in us right away that like anybody gets a deer, your job is to be their number one fan and like make it a special moment for them. So like dad and I were super honored that you asked us to come and we're glad that we got to enjoy that night with you.
1: Dude, I loved it so so much. Like I I was so happy, like I told you earlier, you know, like how the universe works. I was like, that was so awesome. Just the whole experience. There's one part in the video that you may have seen, but I want you to watch it where me and your dad go to shake hands and we muffled it. And it's like the totally like the whitest handshake ever. And at one point I wanted to do I wanted to zoom in and slow mo on it. Um, but I just thought it took away from like the excitement of the moment, like making it. But um, tell your dad that when we meet again, we're going to do a better handshake. So
2: you'll connect. Yeah that's like
0: they don't, know, they don't know like what to do yeah, yeah
1: i went in i went into derek and we did like the fist bump and then i went in with him and one of us tried to fist bump and the other tried to shake and
2: he did the turkey <laughs> <laughs> so
1: too
0: just too much excitement that's
1: we will is. hey i will uh be uh, announcing the winner once i look through all that stuff and figure out who actually got closest and then i'll, I'll put it on the post whoever's watching
2: sounds good
0: that's great yep. that's great i'm glad to know that i was actually fairly accurate in my guesstimation that was really good no concept
1: when I shot him, I said that's 180 inch deer. And usually I take 10 to 15 inches off of whatever I thought he was at the time when I shot him. So I was pretty proud that My I was wife. even closer. So yeah.
0: Awesome deer, buddy. Sounds like, like... That's no congrats. That's that I, I feel like, I don't know if did you, did you say you had a name for that buck or not?
1: So um, this is the single most. So when I shot this buck, I had pictures of him from the year before from historical data within one year, and and one day so he was uh, so usually on halloween there's always this giant buck actually the king of the hill buck that i shot um i shot him like 12 days later but he daylighted on halloween and then this buck daylighted on halloween and it seems like there's always that deer that i'm like son of a gun i would have been right there um uh, but you know i would i would take uh, trick-or-treating with my kids over shooting any deer any day but why do the big ones always happen to be on their feet on that day uh you know what I mean. And anyway, within a year, he was October thirtieth. Within a half an hour of the same spot uh, in the same uh, in the same time of day, it was like five thirty when I got him on camera the year before, and like five o'clock when I ended up shooting him in the same exact spot. So um, another thing is uh, historical data is huge when it comes to these old bucks because they they're really adept at. Figuring out human pressure. Like, I got one that's eight years old that I've been following. He daylights all the time, and uh, I've never seen him on the hoof. But this, de- but like, their only chink in their armor is that they are consistent, right? Um, because they figured out the dough groups they like, they figured out the food they like, the hill they like. They're really good at figuring you out and getting away. And the only chink in the, these big guys' armor is how consistent that they are. And so, as they get older, I think a lot of what's that?
0: creatures of habit.
1: Yes. And and so um, I've killed at least at least three deer with historical data Um, and other deer I killed in spots because of historical data, but three specific deer that I've killed, like one that I had at the classic I killed within four days of that day in the same spot. Um, So you just, if if you are running cameras and you're letting them soak uh, all year and then you go back and analyze that data, Uh, a lot of the times you're going to see patterns of these old deer because like they come in and they know where that first doe is going to come into heat that they're used to in that doe group. So they come in and they hang around that scrape. They might be bedding off that point and uh, coming in and checking that scrape, just like they did the previous year. And so if you can get just that little window into where that buck likes to come, um, a lot of the times it can be the nail in the coffin. So
2: Awesome, man.
0: The antler rack, you know, for the listener's, that can't see the video it looks like a chandelier or something like i don't even know how to describe that
1: thing i this is my favorite part of it is just a shark i call it like or a slime. shark tooth or something like that he didn't have that the year before oh and i gotta give a shout out to uh josh and jesse harburn when i was at the deer so i sold a jeep to a dude i posted about this but i gotta say it because it was pretty amazing <laughs> i was at the deer classic and um, they came the first day or saturday and bought some stuff And, uh, then the next day they came back with a giant, uh, canvas of this buck in velvet in a bean field the year before that they had a picture of from their car and, uh, they gave it to me. So that was really, really cool. And that's awesome. Also shout out to the wifey who was in the middle of an F2 tornado on, uh, last Friday coming back from the classic. She was up there working it for me. I told her to leave early to beat the weather, and I ran her straight into an F2 tornado, and she was inside of the tornado in her car, and the truck behind her got flipped up in the air, and there's still pieces of that truck up in the uh, trees, so shout out to the wifey, too. Holy shit. Dang. That's, that's
0: almost worse than when Eric dragged his wife out to that uh, swamp to go get that buck that he got. Yeah, <laughs> the tornado the shit. takes the crap. Right, yeah, yeah she, holy crap. She was, yeah. freak,
1: she was freaking that's out, but thank God she was okay, so, yep.
0: No, thanks for being a guest on the show. I'm sure you'll be a regular and have you back on. Uh, and anytime you're up in Wisconsin, welcome in the studio in person. We'd love to have you here. I always like when people are here uh, physically, it's always a nice time. Virtual worked out. I lost my audio. Derek, thanks for carrying me through that. Whatever the hell happened there, no clue. But uh, we'll end the live broadcast and uh, we'll, we'll pump this out into podcast land this evening. So if you want to listen in, uh, you know. Hear it again if you've watched live. check Don't it out judge the me for the
1: sky but, dump either. I don't want you know. I don't want people to think that's the only thing that I do. But I do a lot of good. He's stuff. Not, not even hunting.
2: Things. He's just out there pooping
0: <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> All right, uh, that's good. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm gonna end live broadcast. Have a good night, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yep. Adios.